Hey, hey, welcome back everybody to episode two of Storm King's Teddy. I still say that's a great mental image. Uh, Kat, how we doing? Good, good. How about you? Oh, you know, um, my long weekend's coming to an end, so uh, back to work tomorrow and that's always a great time. But uh, I don't feel too bad. You had to go back today, so. Yep. <laughs> um, so um, we had our very first full-on um, adventure episode of our new 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons game yesterday, Sunday evening. And um, so how did you think it went, just overall? Um, it went good. We yeah. had a couple close calls and ended on cliffhanger, but overall it um it made you think with your old noggin. Yeah, um, so some interesting um, puzzles to figure uh, the uh, all, all the pools. So so real quick synopsis of what happened, so we can get past that bit of it. Uh, so our characters ended up going down inside the fissure, and. We were told that uh, the two, you know, the two explorers that had gone down there, one of them was part of the uh, storm guard, and one was part of the metal guard. Is that right? The iron watch. iron iron watch, storm watch, and iron watch. That's right. So, um, and as we uh, we haven't gotten very far in, probably only ten or fifteen minutes worth of actual walking. We did have an encounter with some giant rats. Why is it 5th edition loves rats for first encounters? <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, Wasn't that our first encounter in Miku's game too? Yeah, and we did go down into a sewer type-esque. Yeah, it was like a, a, a big-ass cellar or something, right? Yeah. But it was cranium rats instead of uh, the regular uh, rodents of unusual size. Uh, by the way, I watched Princess Bride again today just because of that. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was uh, in the middle of doing laundry. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to turn that on. So, uh, so yeah, we had an encounter with, uh, there were six rats. And um, yeah. was, wasn't that right? It went pretty smooth. A uh, lot smoother due to your paladin using it the feat of inspiring leader to give everybody an extra four hit points. Cause I think yep. one of us got bit for like six hit points, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Portia so, got pierced by uh, a bite for a six. Yeah. That's and, right. Uh, she was originally taking the full brunt of the damage because she forgot that I gave her temporary hit points, which is good. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then, after the fight with the rats, we did find a uh, uh, kind of a gruesome clue that the Stormwatch person may be dead. Because we're finding bits of uh, you know, the boot, the ring, uh, their, their helmet, that sort of thing, uh, all bloodied and obviously not attached where it's supposed to be. Um, and then we went into a very giant sized room, uh, a room sized for giants, 
that had, it looked like uh, bathing pools and a locked door. And in order to unlock the door, we had to figure out that someone had to get into each pool. And, uh, and then once all four pools had been entered, the, the locked door would open. And each of the pools had a different, uh, a different ability that it could confer. If you got in and you made a saving throw, it would confer a positive ability on you. If you missed, it would do some damage and confer a negative ability on you. And we all ended up making our saves mostly due to some use of inspiration. Um, so, and then once the doors were open, the, we went down another hallway, it widened out and uh, we started searching around because it was quite obviously a just empty corridor that just looked too pristine and well kept to not have something going on. So we checked out and started finding traps. And the first one was if you walked across a 20 foot section, it would uh, spew fire from the walls. And in the center of the room, if you went across right there, there was a, a deadfall that would end up flooding. And then after that was a uh, gas trap, right? Wasn't that it? After that it one? Was, it was like a, a slime trap. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so like uh, colored slime would fall on you. And uh, and then the next one looked like some sort of a, a, a teleportation area in the, all in the same hallway. It was just one right after the other. And the doors had some of the same uh, sigils on it that the teleportation trap did. So um, one of the, um, was it, uh, wasn't Lars, it was Winifred, right? That went yes. to, uh, he, so he, um, the, yeah, Winifred walked across the, uh, the trapped area. Nothing happened. Then got to the door, and my thinking was, "Hey, need to someone needs to be standing on that pressure pr- pressure plate like a uh, automatic door opener." And uh, so I was, uh, Keelan was standing on that trapped area when Winifred started to try to pick the lock or even just touch the door. Don't don't remember how it happened, and Keelan disappears. And reappears on the other side of the still locked doors with four zombie giants waking from their slumber. So, and that's where we left off. That's, uh, so (laughs) I am alone with four zombie giants, giant zombies. Don't know which way to say that. (laughs) Either way, I, I guess I could just say trouble. Um, what did I miss? You pretty much nailed it spot on. We, um, just some minor details. Portia fell through that pitfall trap, but we saved her. Yes. Um, Winifred, like a boss without a fear in the world, conquered that last trap. He just was like, oh, this trap ain't nothing. And just walked straight across and nothing happened until he messed with the door. Yeah. So, yeah. And the, and the, yeah. Okay, so I have to give 
Um, so save of the game. I have to give that to you and was it who helped you with Porsche? Was it Prue? Yeah, Prue. So you and Prue. So Tabanay and Prue that because she was falling in that deadfall and you guys did the like barrel of monkeys chain <laughs> and and saved her. Um, yeah, it was it was all Prue's idea and I just assisted. So I can't take much credit in that. But that was definitely save of the game. Um and so in combat uh, just got really, um, I guess we did get into like a practice combat before we went down into the fissure with a, uh, skeleton or some sort of zombie that didn't really know they were undead, but they were essentially common thieves. And we, so we had a fight up in the streets before we went down into the fissure um, I think that's, I think that's pretty well the, uh, the overview. So, so let's talk about the, uh, combats that we had. What did you think as far as, so we said last week, what we thought the overall rankings were as far as tankiness and, um, you know, damage capability support, that sort of thing. Where are you now? after having actually fought with the other characters. I still think we're fine because when we hit, when we landed hits, we hit hard and it was pretty constant damage. Um, I didn't feel like we were slacking in any way. Um, the, for when we encountered the rats, you know, like I kind of took myself out of the initiative because I didn't feel like there was anything to do. Like there was a rat next to you and Lars, but it was like you just sneeze on it and it's going to die. There was a rat too far away from me to like get in combat with. So I'm like, I'm just going to sit and wait, let them come to us, see what happens. Unfortunately, I missed my attack, so yeah, I didn't get to do much. And um, Winifred did the same and he just kind of popped out of the shadows, did a stab, sneak attack, killed. And everyone just kind of cleaned up and finished off. I didn't do much. Well, uh, I mean, dice are going to be dice. I mean, you, if you would have hit, you probably would have killed one in one shot. Yeah, I mean, they are rats, so it's not like the hardest enemy out there. So but I think I think we were good. We were good. All right. So you're you're. Ranking on uh, tankiness was a three. You're not changing that? Um, no, I don't think I'm going to change that. Okay. I am changing uh, my four down to a three. I Because I saw some of the other party members getting hit easier than I thought they were going to be. And maybe it's just dice. You know, maybe Teddy just rolled well. But uh just seemed like everyone was taking, uh, not everyone, but some of the characters were just being hit easier than I thought they would be. Um, how about on damage dealing? You said four. You sticking with four? 
Yep. I'm also sticking with three. And uh, you, we both said four on support. Is that still the case? Yeah. Um, there was a few moments outside of combat as well. Um, Lars helped us with Bardic Inspiration. That was pretty awesome. I had never seen that really used before. Oh, yeah. And then he had the... He had that awesome move where he missed, but he turned it into a hit. Oh, what was that called? Oh, it was like something of the many. Yeah, I can't remember, but yeah, that was pretty cool. Turned a full-on miss into a hit. So, uh, as as not much of a surprise, Lars met my expectations. So, here's something that I'm still getting... Before we do that, let's just do utility. So, we both said four on utility. Is that still good? I'm... We didn't really get to show much on utility. There wasn't too much out of combat stuff. So I I think we're still fine. So I'll stick with a four, yeah. Uh, Yeah, and I'm going to stick with my four. Uh, One thing that I will say that has been fun to roleplay has been how uh, Portia just knowing everyone in town. (laughs) Yes, and they rec- and they recognize her. Yeah, she is our, as she said it herself, her walking map. Yes, and so uh, even the when we fought that undead bandit in town, the the victim of this crime was like a mantis type person named mm-hmm. was it Tick Tick, mm-hmm. and they. And they even knew one another. <laughs> so the victim of the crime uh, knew Portia. So that's been fun to role play. Uh, let's see. And then the uh, oh, um, <laughs> when Lars entered one of the pools. Uh, these are just kind of some of my favorite role play moments. When Lars entered one of the pools, it it may. Made him smarter, <laughs> and and he's almost in physical pain <laughs> because he has brains now. Yeah, he's he's hot and he's got brains now. Yeah, or that's... maybe does it cancel it out since he was dumb? So he's now he's average intelligence. <laughs> it may be. So yeah, that was pretty funny and. Let's see. Oh, uh, the pools. Do you remember all the abilities that we got? Keelan got into one and uh, missed a saving throw. I used inspiration. And bring me back to that later, by the way, using inspiration. Um, And then, so, used inspiration, then re-rolled the save and made it. And ended up with resistance to acid for until I take a long rest. And then, so Lars got intelligence. Was there some sort of perception that went with that? I don't remember. Um, he had an advantage on, I think intelligence based roles. Oh, what is it? Intelligence and wisdom. Yeah. Okay. He had advantage on something as well. And then the pool that I thought you were going to get into, uh, which 
character got into that one. And Portia. It, Portia. And it ended up being uh, charisma advantage on. No, she had to do a charisma check, but she got advantage on initiative rolls. Initiative rolls. That's right. Yeah. And what was the last one? It was poison resistance by Prue. So we have four of our four of our characters are walking around with essentially advantage right now or resistance of some kind. But if we would have missed the saves, the pools would have done damage to us and we would have ended up with disadvantage or uh, taking extra. The opposite effect. Yeah, the opposite effect. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty neat. I don't know how useful it's going to be. Don't know how long this, uh, this starter dungeon is. But I know for sure that there's uh, four very large zombies. <laughs> uh, I I left the I left my computer last night going. Well, wonder what I'm playing next. <laughs> no, you'll be. I think you'll be fine. Uh, well, I'm going to yeah. give it everything. So um, I think that hey. my I'll be, I'll be doing a lot of dodging until you guys get there. <laughs> Then he said himself that he's not actively out to kill us. So I I don't think he would have put us this early into a situation where it's just like, okay, here's one of your characters and immediate death. Well, there's a difference between someone being actively out to kill you and you just stepping on a landmine yourself. That's true. <laughs> and I definitely stepped on a landmine. So anyway, um... But you know what? I figure if uh, if I end up uh, getting cacked off, it's just a it's early enough in the game that I, I won't be too too sad because I haven't grown attached to the character yet. So I'll uh, I'll be able to roll up something different if if that happens to be the case. But we'll see. Uh, there's uh, there's a lot of. I mean, I've got eleven hit points and the four that you gave me and. Surely can at least keep, uh, the only problem with running from these things is I don't know what I'm running into <laughs> down here. Um, right. but, uh, anyway, like I said, I've got a decent armor class. I can always use my action to dodge so that, uh, they're at disadvantage to hit me and hopefully you guys can get through and start helping me out. But, uh, anyway, so inspiration. Let's talk about that. So we've dealt with inspiration in our other 5th edition game. And let me ask you, how many times have you been given inspiration in that? I've been given it once, and I have used it never. Correct. And I was given it twice. And this is this is over a year of play. <laughs> I, just, I honestly just think that Miku forgets about it. Which is yeah. fine. I, I mean, we we didn't know any different. So, but uh, I the first time I got inspiration, I gave it away to another character, and then I just recently got one again, and I can tell that that's going to have to change for Teddy's game because he has been giving out inspiration like candy. Yeah, it's he's being very generous with inspiration. Um, in the first session and session zero with the little two hour role play we had, 
Like I was leaning heavily into Toppenay being really motion sick on the boat and everything. And he's like, you know, you're doing a great job. Have an inspiration. And, you know, you coming up with an idea in the tunnel to block up the holes. He's like, Hey, that's a good idea. Here's an inspiration. Right. But since inspiration doesn't stack, you can only have one at a time. And I still had one from session zero that I had not used. So I, what I've got to do. And, and one of the players even reminded me when we were in combat or no, it wasn't combat. It was when I missed my saving throw in the pool. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to use my lucky feet and re-roll that. And they're like, use inspiration. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I need to. I need to start training myself to do that. If they're going to be given out frequently, then it's just there's no reason not to use them. Yes, and and with his own house rules, there's more than just re-rolling a, a dice roll. Like he has a a good list of things you can use your inspiration for um, outside of just re-rolling a dice. Yeah. And I think a lot of those make sense. Uh, I mean, none of them are overly powerful. I will say though, that the one that uh, made me go, Oh wow. Yeah. That's kind of tough is the plus 10 on initiative. Yes. Yeah. Cause that, that can be huge in a, in, in a fight. So all right, well, that is the uh, game mechanic that I wanted to uh, discuss the most this time was the use of inspiration. So uh, my save of the game was your Barrel of Monkeys uh, save on Porsche. So what was your save slash play of the game? Um... Nothing's standing out immediately. Like, oh, that was obviously it. Um, I, 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 I got nothing. Well, you did mention um, Winifred just walking across the obviously trapped surface area. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, he did that and. Lars and um, Portia also just kind of hopped into the pools willy-nilly with confidence. Um, You know, there was a lot of bravery when I didn't expect it. So it's confidence in hindsight. (laughs) If it it had gone the other way and their characters had just dissolved into a pile of goo, then it would have been... um, uh, I don't know if you say foolhardiness, but or uh, recklessness is probably the uh, the best way to say it. So this is coming from the perspective of the character that's supposed to keep the party healed, though. <laughs> I want the, I want everybody to try to keep themselves safe, and that's just not always on everyone's agenda. So, uh, although, uh, like I said, your uh, your feet's actually doing a lot to to keep the party alive as well. Yeah. And, uh, Four. I think my next, uh, couple ability score increases is I'm just going to max out charisma. Well, that makes sense for a paladin, uh, you know, strength, constitution, charisma, some, and charisma is probably one of your best ones too. 
to raise. I'm sure that most of my ability raises are going to go to wisdom. So, um, you know, if I get away from the zombies. So the, uh, there is an interesting house rule that Teddy uses, and that is, is at sixth level, we all get one point to add to any ability score that we want. Is it? Is that it? I don't know. I don't recall what you're talking about. I'll have to go back through it, but I thought in his house rules said that at sixth level, we got one point to assign to any score we wanted. Ah. Um, looking at it now, at 6, 12, and 18, a character may receive plus one ASI, one skill proficiency, one new language, or one new tool slash vehicle proficiency. Okay, so um, I definitely know that at 6th level, I'm taking a point of strength. Because will that make you even? No, it will make me odd. So I, I I sacrificed the two points of intelligence to put the extra point on strength to give me a, a little bit of a bonus. It put me to a 14, so that's a plus two. Um, I don't ever care if I get to plus three, the, uh, but I do care about getting to 15 because 15 is the minimum strength needed to not suffer negative effects from... Uh, full plate. Yeah. So I needed 13 to not suffer negative effects from chain. So I knew I was at least getting 13. And I thought, well, if I leave my strength at 13, I can still wear the chain that I get to start. And then maybe my first, you know, the first time I get two points, I can throw it into strength. But I'm like, I really want to throw it into wisdom. But when I saw the the house rule, I'm like, oh, I'm definitely doing it this way then. So, I, oh, go ahead. I kind of, I kind of maxed out my strength and charisma as much as I could, so I, I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, you've got sixteen on both of those, right? Yeah. And I have uh, sixteen wisdom, sixteen on constitution, and a fourteen on strength, and then, you know. The the only my my dumping score was my intelligence. I left it at an eight. And uh, once again, I you know last game I'm like, well, hey, you know why don't we like after the rat fight, we should plug up those holes so the rats, if there's more of them, they don't hit us from behind. I've got to stop doing that. <laughs> I just don't think that somebody with an eight intelligence is going to be walking through the dungeon, coming up with all these, uh, all these ideas or well, that was more coming from you than it was Keelan. That's right. But I'm supposed to be playing Keelan. So I'm yeah. like, I said, I even said this last episode, I have a tough time with that and I really need to start reining it in. So, um, and I'm not even saying that my ideas are the most brilliant. It's just, you know, why would I be coming up with stuff like this? I'd be, much more focused on just getting through the the task and and getting back. So, um, all right. Well, is there uh, anything else that uh, you want to go over? Um, the one thing I do want to point out is uh, the lighting dynamic now in dungeons. Yeah, 
Did you notice that whenever you moved your character, certain areas would light up and the other areas would darken as you get away from it? Or when we were in that giant room with the pools, the pillars were actually blocking line of sight? Yes, and not only were they blocking line of sight, but it it almost looked like they were just throwing shadows. (laughs) Because as you moved around, everything would move with it. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I enjoyed that a lot. And I, I didn't know if that was something that... Uh, Teddy set on our character sheets, or maybe the character mancer did it when we when we built them. That they know that we're we have sixty feet worth of dark vision, so it lights up sixty feet around us. All right, that's some behind the curtain stuff that I don't know, but I just noticed that it was uh, a neat addition, kind of like last episode we mentioned the music. Yeah, so there, I think there's going to be a, a lot of neat stuff and. Um, the character sheets are much more involved than the, than the ones that we use in Miku's game, but yes. we didn't. We also didn't I, use the character mancer to build them. So, uh, and I need to, sorry, no, go ahead. I was, I was just gonna say I need to get myself familiar with the character sheet and and like when he says roll with advantage, I click the like. In, like investigation with advantage i'll just click investigation twice and when i can i think i can just go on my sheet and just click advantage and roll it once and it works like that i don't know this is the there's buttons on the character sheet that are kind of intimidating and i'm just going like okay i will just do it the other way oh and 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 rolling initiative on on clicking your token thing like i didn't you know, you could click a token and then roll initiative for that token and then put it into the the turn counter. Like I did it the first time. I'm like, oh, that's neat. Second time, I'm used to just clicking initiative, and that's yep. my initiative. And that, that, I, that turn counter is pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. And if, if you notice, too, you can highlight over on the turn counter, and it'll put a yellow box over which token is in that turn counter. So like when we had three rats like in a row, you can highlight, you can put your mouse over the top rat and it will highlight the one in the furthest back or, and then the one underneath it will be the one next to you. And the one underneath that, it will be over by Winifred. So you can see which one is going to go next. I didn't so you know, kind I, of plan your. That's next, pretty cool. Uh, Cause I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't get that deep into it. I just saw that they all populated there and then got rearranged into order but I didn't go and go through and try to click on any of them. I found that by accident. Cause I was just hovering over it and, and it just put a yellow square. I'm like, Oh, Oh, yeah. um, either before next session or after next session, you need to remind me to ask everyone how they put the, the ye- little yellow text. Oh. In oh, chat. So, like, actions instead of actual words? Yes. Like, yeah. they'll type in, like, Winifred pulls a comb to, and combs his hair, and he'll put that in chat instead of saying, Winifred pulls out a comb and combs his hair. Like, I want to I wanna do that. I want to, like, sit there and just kind of twiddle my thumbs and or do something. But I'm like, I, I see it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to ask. And then we have that, like, five, ten minute intermission after every session that we just kind of talk about what happened or whatever and then it just slips my mind to ask him about that so i mean just i mean if we show up five minutes before the next session i'm sure one of the 
players will be willing to tell us. Yes, it's just we. I gotta remember to ask. <laughs> yes, I noticed that, and I don't really use. I don't really type into there because I have several sheets going on at the same time. I'm taking notes. I'm also uh, if I uh, so every time that I that I actually want to see the map, I have to get rid of my character sheet. So then I'm on when the page that you have to go to, to bring your character sheet back up is not the chat page. So half the time when people are typing stuff, I miss it because I don't see it come up. So I usually just say what I'm doing or, and if that's disruptive, maybe I should, maybe protocol is I should be using that. I don't know. Well, we'll get feedback nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, but those were, those were some neat things. Um, I'm, I'm, I think that those tools really help the flow of, uh, the flow of combat. And, you know, when we're, there's no, you know, on, like when I was doing second edition, I just kept it on a spreadsheet. Had you guys do the roles and then I kept it on a spreadsheet and you didn't have any visualization of it. Mm-hmm. So this is much better. Yeah, we're we're learning roll twenty more and more, and yet I feel more and more dumber. Well, the the more you know, the more you know there is to know, right? Yeah. So, uh, but pretty neat stuff. Uh, anything else that you want to cover? Uh, so I had a lot of fun in the session, and I will also say that I had a lot of fun being left in a cliffhanger. Um, I don't. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I would. I wouldn't want my life to be in danger every game at the end of the game, but it was it was definitely exciting. Yeah, it was it was a good session. Um, personally, I need to I need to do more. I think I need to do more in character and just speak more, like. Um, in that first encounter in the alleyway, like I had multiple scenarios going through my head. I'm like, what should I do? Should I just sit here and ignore it? Should I convene with a party or should I just run in and tackle the person? And I was leaning more towards running into tackling the person. And I was like trying to wait for a moment to do that. But things just kind of happened as they progressed. And then, you know, Porsche actually took the lead in this one. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe I probably should have done something instead. Well, your your character's definitely equipped to take point and to and to take the lead. But I mean, we're uh, oh, uh, for we're still learning, you know, everybody's play style, all the characters, and our characters have only known each other for a couple of weeks. So, you know, that I don't know if that level of trust is there like it's going to be after we slay a few giants together. But um you know, at the at the same time, it's uh, I I don't think that uh, I don't think that you did anything off character. I mean, that maybe you're just not I don't know uh, somebody that takes charge of situations. Maybe maybe that's why you're you're on this quest in the first place is to learn stuff like that. So. You know, it's just development as a character, not a, 
I don't think it's necessarily a flaw in in play style. So uh, at this, you're you're right though. Porsche did take point and beat me to it because nobody else was moving, and I was going to go try and stop it myself. And then when Porsche went, I immediately went with her because I wanted to be able to back her up and soak damage if, you know, things got uh, physical. So that's, and uh, you're going to see that from Keelan probably quite a bit where she will move to at least be a second option target for uh, someone who is more lightly armored because if the tar- if the attack comes to me I am more likely to be able to not take any damage and also I I mean I started with 11 hit points so it's not a I, I it's not like I have you know three or five or six or however I don't know the the dice that everyone else got to roll but um but anyway I feel like I could at least soak a hit or two I I agree with you, but there was a moment in that rat combat that stuck out to me. And it was when Portia, like I did nothing. And then the rat from behind us in the debris came up. And then I'm like, hey, I want to go next in the initiative order. And then I took my turn to go at it and missed. But Portia hit it with a booming blade and then moved away. Because if the target willingly moves, it'll take more damage. So... Knowing she hit it with a booming blade, she stepped aside. And when it came to my turn, I was going to step aside as well. But instead of what happened is Teddy took that rat, took its turn, and he said it looked at a shiny metallic item, a.k.a. me. And he's like, I'm not going to attack that, and moved over towards Lars instead. Yes. Then, Then proccing that booming blade and killing it. So I agree with you and having more options is better, but also we need to take in consideration like, Hey, maybe this highly armored person is someone I don't want to attack and they'll go for the more squishy fleshy options as well. That's right. And, but the, I mean, if there's a way that I can um, also engage on the same target, um, it's at the very least what we can do at that point is maneuver staying within range so we don't provoke attacks of opportunity, but maneuver to opposite sides of them so that one of us is at least getting advantage on our strikes. Right. So, um, anyway, yeah, I, and I thought that was actually a, a good thought process for a rat-brained creature. Like, huh, metal, I don't want to chew into that. And this thing over there, that that flesh bag hurt me bad, so I'm going to go over here and chew on this other flesh bag. Yeah. So. So, <laughs> I mean, my main point was is maybe we just, like, the enemies might be smarter than just, oh, target in front of me, attack. Kind of like how our previous games have been. And even in your 2E campaign, you you roll like if there's six targets, you'll roll a D six and whatever the number comes up, that's the one they'll attack. I mean, it's, it's, it's it, different play styles and that's fine, but it's just more dynamic, I guess is what I'm trying to say, or more 
more thought behind the actions of the attacker or probably attack. a little more realistic yeah and the uh now in fairness though in the 2e game if there are three targets and i'm rolling a six-sided dice and saying okay you're one and two you're three and four and so on if one of you has done something to anger the creature they end up getting more of those dice rolls than the other like maybe the other two only you're one you're two and three, four, five, and six, it's you because you've ticked it off. Right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I agree uh, it, absolutely with what you're saying that, uh, this was a much more realistic way to go about it. Yeah. Cause so. when, when Porsche procked the booming blade and like my initial thought process was, okay, I'm going to have to move, take an attack of opportunity. So that's fine. I have a fairly decent AC, I wasn't worried about that, but I'm like, I got to move. So this rat will willingly move. And then her booming blade didn't go to waste, but then Teddy just moved the rat altogether and procked it. Anyways, that kind of like blew my mind. I'm like, Oh, maybe this is going to be different than how I expected combat to go. Well, and you may get a different reaction from, you know, a spellcaster that knows if they move, I've been, I, I have this thing on me. And if I move, I'm going to take damage, so I'm not going to move. But a rat probably wouldn't be thinking about that. That's true. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. The I, I will say that I think that we are we progress through things slowly, which is fine for me right now because um, I, I'm you know, still learning the, learning the ropes on it. But, uh, I think that we, we spend a, a lot of time on things that probably three months from now, we won't be spending this kind of time on. That's true. We'll, um, we'll learn the character sheet better. We'll learn how to do things more efficiently and, um, we'll, we'll eventually learn each other's play style so we can act upon that as well. So I agree. It's just, we just got to get comfortable with a, with the party, with characters in the party, with ourselves. And it's only going to get better the more we play. But anyway, uh, good time. Anything else? No, I got nothing. All right, man. Well, um, once again, appreciate you, coming on and uh, taking the time to go over this stuff with me. Uh, it's always fun doing it. And I, <laughs> I certainly couldn't uh, sit here and just go over this on my own because, I mean, you can, but it's a whole lot more fun when you get other people involved and instead of just listening to one person monotone, right? Yeah. So, well, that's it for the uh official first episode of storm king's thunder so join us again next week when we come back and talk a little bit about episode two thanks for coming on cat thank you for having me all right we'll talk to you later